Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. Hi there. Let's talk kids and sports today. Sports in our world is big business to families, to parents, to kids. We spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of expense, a lot of it's tied to, you know, our parents and the school we went to and the the colors that we wear, and a particular mascot that sits outside on our porch. So there are so many ways that sports are um, in our lives every day and also in the lives of our kids. But what I want to talk about today is that term sporty because it has been showing up in my help with families and kids kind of on a regular basis. And so I'm thinking, okay, I need to bring this up. We need to talk about this because the label of a child as sporty or not sporty and has to deal with their athleticism, their coordination, their physical attributes. And a lot of times kids who are maybe not displaying at young ages the typical physical attributes that we as parents and as people who are spectators of sports think are what a child should have who's going to be a soccer player or a basketball player or a baseball player, that a lot of times these kids who don't have or are termed or labeled not sporty by their parents or by you know, a teacher or a, a PE teacher or a coach, it can really give them a message that inhibits them. And, and I think it's really inaccurate. And so today we are going to talk about sports and kids. And I really want to give you parents, just open your minds, just give you a broader perspective on sports And then also give you some actions that you can take in your household today that can have huge benefits for your kids. And I always want kids and families, kids to learn at a young age to be doing things to put in place for their health, their well-being, their vitality, their vibrancy that will be throughout their lifetimes. And so it starts young and it starts with a message that kids often get from their parents or from the outside world. And again, a lot of time it is inaccurate that a child can be labeled not sporty or no, that's not really my thing when we can find them a thing. They absolutely can be sporty. Okay. In fact, I I just had a mom who I haven't seen her son in several years, but she called me because she said, you were always the one who was his biggest fan, even more so than she was. And again, it's because my lens is different. 
I see kids and people, all humans, through my occupational therapy background, which is understanding the body and how it works. And then also, you know, my faith background as a child of God and how God created humans to be, the uniqueness of us, like nobody's the same, our makeup, all of our abilities, our tendencies, our personality, our temperament, the physical makeup of our muscles and bones and how tall we are, all of this is uniquely chosen by God. And so I want to be honoring of that. I want to work within God's parameters for a child and help them find their thing, be sporty for their unique makeup. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm so excited. And yes, if you have any comments, you are welcome to post them. And I would love to see those. Okay. Sporty or not sporty? I'm all about sporty and think all kids are. I'm going to just give you several things, parents, for you to think about. And the first thing is to recognize and release your own agenda. Okay, parents, we know this, but a lot of times we don't really know this. Like your child is not, an, is not you. Your child is not an extension of you. Your child is not the you that missed the shot in the sixth grade basketball game that was going to win it all. And so your child isn't the redo time. Your child is a separate little complex being that has their own unique opinions, makeup, and it might not be whatever particular sport mom or dad that you really were into that was your thing, usually not every single child that you have is going to be into that particular thing. You might get one, but then again, you might get all different. They might not at all care two hoots about hockey and that was your thing. And so again, when we recognize like, oh yes, this is this is me bringing a lot of my stuff from when I was growing up then we can just release it and say, okay, this is normal. It's normal for parents to always bring all the baggage from our childhood into our parenting. But just when we recognize that we can say, yeah, this is, this is not my turn. I've already had my turn. And I know this can be a hard pill to swallow and I can totally relate. So I have been a lifelong runner and ran track, ran cross country and have, you know, done all kinds of races, marathoner, Pikes Peak, marathon race, like, that's my thing. And so I had to let go of it. My daughter does run track. My son tried track. Nobody ran cross country. But it wasn't about me. It's about them. And so again, I just needed to step back and say, okay, I had my time. Yes, I love to run. I It helps me mentally. I love the fact that all I need is a pair of shoes. And no matter where I am in the world, I can get out the door and get moving and feel better and move my body. But that isn't maybe the choice that my kids are going to make. So how can I support them in the uniqueness of them is what I want you to do and what I had to do. The other thing that I want to tell you that is super important is to model 
sports, activity, athleticism, moving our bodies. Your kids need to see that you do this. And a lot of times I'll, you know, I'll have moms who are like, well, I just don't, I just don't have time. There's nothing in my day, you know, and even if I did find time to do jumping jacks and sit-ups and a few push-ups out on the driveway, like it's not going to affect my 35-year-old body. Okay. I understand that we all want to look good. That's not the goal. It's modeling this so your child sees it, so they know to do it. And we have to have the mindset of being fit. You don't have to invest any time at 35 for your cardio system and your health and your movements and your muscles and your joints, but you'll pay on the back end. So you might have arthritis or you might have health problems that will take the time. They will eat into your life 30 years from now, or you can carve out 20 today. And it it's so much better if you find 20 minutes today because it allows your kids to see this being done in real time. And young kids, we like they like to see it. They have to see it, touch it, feel it. And for me, as I was growing up, my dad was a good example of this. He modeled physical fitness. He went to the track. He loaded up three kids and took us to the track and my bikes or whatever we wanted. It was what he did to take care of his health. And my mom walked and, you know, healthy diet was important. So all of that is so important for the whole scheme of sports and our health and well-being throughout our whole lives. But kids have to see it modeled. Even, you know, if it's if it's a yoga move for five minutes, if it's running around the block, if it's just a walk, that maybe your child joins you for one block and then they go back home. They help them to see you modeling exercise, sports, fitness. And I'm often asked, how do I talk about that? And I talk about being fit, being fit for the unique you that you are. So we have to be spiritually fit. We have to be intellectually, mentally fit. We have to be physically fit. So there's lots of ways of being fit, but that is how I talk about it with kids and with families. It's not a certain amount of time that you're doing a sport. It's not a certain weight on the scale that has you exercising. It's being fit, feeling fit for you. Okay, so we're going to recognize and release our own agenda from whatever sports we did. We're going to model some type of exercise sport, moving our body for a little bit for our kids to see it. Next comes the try on phase. And parents, this is a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of work for you to create the space and give grace for your kids to try on a lot of different activities and sports. But kids need exposure to lots of different types of sports because they need to find the one that feels like them. They need to feel the one that goes at the pace that they like. Maybe it's not, you know, really fast movement back and forth all the time. 
like basketball is, or I can't even think like the tennis ball moving back and forth. Maybe they would rather have a slower paced sport like golf. So in the young ages of kind of, you know, six, seven, eight-ish, just know that your kids will want to try on lots of different things. Let them, set them up for that, expose them to it. Be intentional about making space for trying lots of different things. It might just look like going to a large park where there's so many different things going on. There's a baseball diamond. Oh, and there's a flag football game going on. And there's a few people running around the track. And there's somebody who's jumping in the long jump pit. Like all of these are things that our kids can be exposed to. Some of you parents know that you have a type of child that I like to call the watcher child. So this is a child who doesn't get right in the game, whatever it is. They have to see something. They have to observe it. They have to watch it. And those people, kids, who are the watchers, they're super important because we have the players, right? So the Super Bowl's coming up this weekend. We have the people who are on the field playing, the team members. But we also have the people who are the video giving it to me so I can watch it at home on my couch. We have the announcers. These are people who their unique skill set is to describe the game. And they have a gift of verbally explaining things well. So there are definitely people who are watchers. And then there are some people who are players. And so just know if you have a child who is more standoffish in the beginning, and who feels better in their nervous system and their body, if they watch it and figure out really what's going on before they would go join, that again, just go to the park and let them, you know, take in a new sport or activity. That can be the first thing. I have helped some parents who know that they have a watcher child. I've said, you know what? Don't sign them up. Just, just go to several games. This is the first season. They're young. You don't have to commit to every practice. Just take them, you know, maybe there's an older cousin or something, a couple of years older. They could go to all of their games and just feel like they're a little bit a part of it, but they're watching. And then that following season maybe is when they're going to feel comfortable enough to actually get out and get on the field and, you know, kick the ball or do whatever. So, Again, I'm always encouraging parents to just think about it a little bit before so you can set your child up to have a good experience. I don't want a child who's a watcher child to be just thrown right in to tackle football. They, they probably won't like it. So again, I want to, from the very beginning, be thoughtful about who is my unique child, what what are their kind of natural tendencies, natural abilities, their sensory system? What are they sensitive to? On Instagram, in my link tree, my sensory profile quiz is still there. You can take it for free. Go take it for yourself and for your kids to see where your kids have sensitivities in their senses. So a child who's sensitive to touch, they might not want to wrestle like their dad did. Because that means somebody's going to be all over them and touching them 
all the time and throwing them to the ground. So do you see how our sensory system, our nervous system, how our body registers safety and being a-okay, how important that's going to be in helping your child find a sport that they can be successful at, that they can be sporty at, that they can, that can be their thing. Okay. Yes. Your unique child. Okay. So I'm just thinking about this with my own kids. And so my son, Will, who he's a freshman in college now, but in fifth grade, he started a new school and they had a water polo team. And so he was like, yes, I'm going to play water polo. And so he did. He did have fun, but this is a child who's very lean. And so he did not have one single ounce of fat on him anywhere to help him float. And so, you know, treading water for long periods of time was a lot more difficult for him than another child who who wasn't as lean and could have a little bit more buoyancy in the water during a water polo game. So again, not, you know, I wasn't discouraging Will from playing. We played. I wanted him to experience it. I wanted him to figure out like, man, that was so hard to stay above the water. I remember one time he had a really hard practice. He goes, mom, I never believed I could be that tired in water. And he's like, I almost threw up when I got out of the water. Like he was working so hard. So It was him experiencing that. Again, all of that is so good for a child to be experiencing and trying on lots of new things. And their bodies are learning. And kids have to have all kinds of different things landing on their sensory system, registering in their body, in their brain at these young ages when their body is growing and changing and developing. So one sport that has been brought up to me several times is video games. And okay, Kelly, you know, video games, they're a thing. They are a, you know, a sport now, college level, like this is a thing. Yes, I'm very aware. And video games for young kids are not the thing that I would encourage. And it goes back to that physicality. And again, kids at young ages, when their body is really, that it's this is the time that God allotted for them, them to be growing and developing all their systems and stuff. They need it to hit them on all of their senses, a full body experience. And so video games, does not give enough sensory input to all of the body, in my opinion. And again, those ages of kind of three to eight, that's a huge developmental window. And so I want to be giving kids lots of experiences on their full body because that window closes. And so what growth, development, the age stage, kind of the typical things that are supposed to develop in those, in that developmental window, window, I want it to happen. And so, and it doesn't look like video games. If it was going to be video games, God would have given us video games way back when he created the earth. So I'm not saying video games, there isn't a little bit of time that it's okay. But again, I don't want it to be your five-year-old sport 
because your five-year-old needs more input to all of his entire body. Okay. Okay. So in regard to kids, I have seen kind of, there's the watcher kids. And I guess I, I really, I don't label them that, but I am today for our time on this show, just so you can understand. But there are kids that I would say another type of child in regard to sports is a child who does not like contact, does not like any type of bodily contact. And it is disturbing to them. It's alarming to them. They do not like it. So these are the kids who do not like lacrosse in third grade. They don't want to get hit with a lacrosse stick. They don't want to get bumped. Football, a basketball, soccer, hockey, lacrosse. Again, just because your child doesn't want to be shoved, bumped, kicked, run into, hit with a lacrosse stick, it does not mean that they are not sporty. It just means we need to find a sport that does not have body contact to them because they don't like it. Perfectly fine. That is perfectly okay. They are sporty, but they don't like the contact sport. So let's, once we figure that out, and we figured that out because you're going to give your kids lots of exposure to try on lots of different things to see what they like or don't like. But there are many sports that are no contact. Swimming, golf, baseball doesn't have a lot of contact. I mean, I guess when you run and slide, a lot of kids who are kind of more, um, I would say, kind of methodical thinkers, they love baseball. Or if you have a child who really is wants to see it, you know, like a very structured, okay, we're going to bat three times, it seems more ordered than football. So again, once we understand that about our kids, we can help our kids find the thing that that they will succeed at, that they will like, because it has aspects that are geared more toward their uniqueness. Some sports have, you know, minimal contact. Volleyball, yes, it's it's not a contact sport, but if your kids play volleyball, they could get hit by a ball for sure, but then they could also get bumped by their player, their fellow team member who's also going for the ball at the same time. So again, just kind of be aware And I'm always here to help kind of ask the questions and help parents figure out, okay, what would be a good thing to try? Okay, some kids, their natural pace, their natural rhythm, again, is slower. So they do not want a fast-paced game of basketball, and they also don't want contact. So they want something that is going to happen slower because that feels better to their body. Again, that is perfectly fine. We can find them something that will go at the pace that they like. Now, I do like to challenge kids a little bit to get out of our comfort zone, but they will. At, the, at a sport that has their pace, usually there's, you know, there's times when it's a little bit faster, or a little bit slower, and there's enough change there that, that that's okay. But if the most part of the sport goes at at a pace that feels really good to their natural rhythm, that's a really good place for a child to be. 
Okay, what activity does your child enjoy that could or is already a sport? So a lot of times it's, I can help parents just, again, expand your perspective on what could be a sport. So if your child likes to skateboard, that's a sport, extreme sport. What do they like to do just with your family for entertainment, for leisure, for recreation? Snow skiing is an activity that you can do for recreation and pleasure, but it's also a sport. So again, some of these activities that your kids do can be a sport for them. Fishing, you can compete in fishing tournaments. Hunting, I dated a guy in college and he was a shooter guy, went around the country and was well known for his ability with a rifle. So again, so many different things could a sport, but some parents could think, no, that's just an activity. And I would challenge you to look into it further because a lot of the things that we could call a a leisure activity are sports. They are competitive sports if we looked into it. And if this is the thing for your kid, then this could be a good path for you to help them on. Okay. Yes. Rock climbing, mountain biking, dirt bike racing, dancing is absolutely a sport. Ballet, I mean, girls who dance, boys who dance, these are athletes, very well-conditioned athletes. So dancing is a sport. Horseback riding is a sport. It's a sport that involves not only having control of you and your faculties, you have to try to control the emotions and the faculties of an animal at the same time. Very challenging. So again, I think sometimes parents are like, yeah, that's not really a sport. No, that's a sport. So it's redefining. When we define redefine what that term sport means, it opens up a field and allows for us to really help our kids find the place where they are supposed to be. Okay. I mentioned rock climbing and hiking, surfing, hunting, fishing. All of these things are absolutely sports. Team sports. So organized team sports, I love. For many different reasons, aside from just the physical bodily elements of a sport. So, you know, a sport that has community, that you're a team, that you have to understand and be compassionate and deal with the frustrations of having somebody on your team who doesn't have the exact skill set you do. And, you know, you get mad when they don't make a goal or they don't run fast enough, or why didn't they block that shot? So great for every child to experiencing being a part of a team and having to navigate the ups and downs and all of that and the emotions that come with it. And the the, how do I deal with it? How do I, you know, talk to the opponents that we lost and I really wanted to win and that one kid, do I have to shake his hand? Like all of this is such good skill building. This is exactly what it is. And so parents, this, you know, this about me. So I'm all about the skill set and the body set, which is different, I feel, than a lot of other parenting professionals who are about mindset. But the skill set is something that I'm highly trained in. And these are skills. These are skills that your child needs. 
And these are skills that we build upon. So the framework that your child gets when they are playing soccer at four years and just learning how to start to navigate being a part of a team and having to listen to a different adult or authority figure as their coach, or again, having to navigate losing when you really wanted to win. These are all baby steps, little skills that every child needs to learn and grow. And then those skills, we build upon them for when, you know, they're older. How do they navigate sports and winning and losing? It looks different when they're 16 than when they're six. But at six, we're just laying those little bitty layers, little bitty skills that they're getting at these young ages. And then we go forward from there. Okay, so the physical elements, of course, I'm going to touch on. And again, body set is a huge thing for me. I'm very body-based focused with kids and families and dealing with behaviors and challenges that we have with our kids because our bodies tell us so much in our bodies. We need our bodies. If we didn't have our bodies, we wouldn't be here. We have our minds, but we couldn't see each other. So that strength, coordination, endurance, stamina, eye-hand coordination, all of these things are physical components that we have to have. The way our muscles are made up on our body. Do we have longer legs? Are we made for running? Do we Are we shorter, but, but our thigh muscles are thicker and we're more of a sprinter than a long distance runner? Again, this is all speaks to God's abundance and how he made us all so different and how fun it is. And so in your family, if you have multiple kids, I tell parents, you're going to have different combinations of things. So you have an older brother and you have younger brother who is trying to be exactly like older. Sometimes the younger one has their own unique contribution to a particular sport. They might not be the lineman on the team. They're going to be the wide receiver around the end because the way that their body is made up and their physical attributes they're going to be the one who's going to run fast and skirt around the, you know, the defensive football guys. So again, it's okay to speak with your kids about this and to compliment and to affirm the things that you see in them. You know, like it's totally fine, Jack, for you to be different than your older brother. Your body looks different. We can see that in the mirror. So you're going to be the runner. You're going to be the fast guy around the end. Your older brother's bigger, more solid. He's going to be the blocker. This is great. Again, this is how God gives us different different parts of our community, of our family. And it's it's intentional from him. So it's okay to talk to your kids about it, to support their uniqueness, to support the way that they are made, the pace that they function at, all of that, incredibly important. Okay, the last thing that I just want to talk about really quickly is, again, and and confidence, self-confidence, self-worth, self-awareness. All of these are huge that kids are learning skills, the skill of self-awareness. We use that through our whole entire life. I encourage parents to Ask your kids during the sport that they like what they're proud of. You can also say what you observed that they did well, but 
I want kids to internally register. And so I ask kids all the time, what are you proud of? How hard, what do you think you worked hard on? What do you, how do you think you did? So parents, you can start your kids young to, again, be able to have agency and kind of an alertness to how they did, how proud of themselves. I'm proud of myself because I did kick the ball, even when that one player was running right towards me and I was scared, but I went ahead and stayed right there and kicked the ball forward. They can be proud of themselves, and that is much more important than having that trophy and that physical thing that says, hey, you get a trophy for just showing up. Because most kids, when they get bigger, they're like, yeah, that trophy that I got, that, that meant nothing. And so I would rather give you a skill, parents, that you can help your child build the skill of building their own self-confidence, their own self-worth, being able to say, oh, this is what I'm proud of after this practice. This is what I did well after this game. This is what I could have improved on. So again, we're just planting the little seeds here. We're just getting started with young kids, but it is so incredibly valuable. Okay. I want to leave you with one thing. And that is, again, just that, in my opinion, every single child is sporty. Be intentional that your kids are listening when you are in conversation with other adults. If you, you know, if they, if a child hears you say, oh yeah, they're really not that sporty. They're not really athletic. Okay. I don't want them to internalize that as I'm not sporty because I don't think it's accurate. I don't think it is true. I think they have just not been exposed to the thing that is going to be sporty, that they are going to be sporty at. And so be open to looking and finding that thing. And I'm always here to help you. Good luck with all sports. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoup.com. Again, that's kellykshoup.com. Thanks so much 